Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Fire, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about colorblindness. How do colorblind people even know that they're colorblind? Good question, Tim. You know, without a doctor's diagnosis, they can't actually, because they're seeing things as they always have. Uh, or really the change has been kind of so gradual, maybe they haven't noticed. So colorblindness actually is something that needs to be diagnosed. Uh, and how is it diagnosed? Uh, so this is typically done using the Ishihara test. You might have seen it before. It's the, uh, the circles of like varying colors and sizes that come together to try to make a number in the middle. Mm, yes. If you're colorblind, because the numbers are made with circles and don't really have an explicit shape without the ability to differentiate with color, you're actually unable to see the number. So should we talk about what is colorblindness then? Yes. Uh, colorblindness is a condition where people uh, cannot tell the difference between certain colors. Mm. Uh, they might not even be able to see colors at all. And it's an inherited condition, right? What's actually going on in your, in your eyes? Yes. So it's mostly commonly an inherited problem in the development of one or more of the three sets of your eyes' cone cells. The cone cells are the cells that sense color. Mm. So to humans, all colors are merely a combination of red, green, or blue, RGB. Uh, And we have the cells in our eyes, again, they're called cones, that compare the intensities of those RGB. And I was reading that males are much, much more likely to be colorblind than females. Why is this? It's kind of interesting. It's because the genes responsible for the most common forms of colorblindness are actually on the X chromosome. So females have two X chromosomes, so a defect in one is typically actually compensated for by the other. Mm. Between 5 and 8% of males, uh, but less than 1% of females are colorblind. Okay, so let's talk about a few of the common types of colorblindness. Um, I've heard red and green is a pretty typical one, right? Yep, yep. Red and green is very uh, typical. There are also two kinds of red-green colorblindness. Uh, the first is called uh, deuteranopia, and it is the most common form of colorblindness. Between 5 and 10% of males suffer, suffer from it. Those affected have trouble telling the difference between red and green. Now, the second type is called protonopia. People who have see, have this see a, kind of like a darkened red. Mm. Most often, this is because they lack the receptors for uh, long or medium length light waves, or because these receptors have maybe even just changed their sensitivity. Mm, interesting. Okay. And uh, the other one I've heard of is uh, blue and yellow colorblindness, although I haven't ever met anyone who falls into this category. Ah, there might be a good reason for that. The name uh, is blue-yellow colorblindness, uh, or tritinopia, but people affected by this type of colorblindness can actually usually tell the difference between blue and yellow. Ah. Instead, they cannot tell the difference between blue and green, which you might have heard uh, some people complain about, Uh, and also yellow and violet. It is caused by having few or no cones in the retina, which can sense really short wavelength lights. So recently I heard that there are these special glasses for some people 
who are colorblind. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Uh, there are glasses now. Uh, those are pretty interesting. They are called Enchroma glasses, and they were kind of invented by accident. Uh, there was this glass scientist, Donald McPherson. He invented Enchroma glasses when he originally was trying to develop lenses to protect and aid surgeons during laser operations. A, a question that a lot of people have, uh, it's a pretty popular question then, is how is it that colorblind people are able to suddenly recognize colors by just putting on special glasses when they've never seen colors ever before? Ah, good point, good point. So these glasses, they only work specifically for red-green colorblindness. It helps solve for where the green cones mutate to become more sensitive to the neighborhood of that kind of red, orange, yellow light, uh, and less sensitive to green. So now that when the red light comes in, the brain still gets a signal from the green one, which is wrong. Also, when green light comes in, the green cones, which the brain usually expects to turn on, don't. And this kind of overlap of sensitivity between the mutated green cones and red makes it hard to tell colors between red and green apart. Okay, so how do the glasses help then? Okay, so these glasses, they help by blocking wavelengths of light between the red and the green, thus exaggerating the difference, uh, such that uh, one's mutated green cones can actually start functioning a bit more like normal green cones. And when this you know, comparison ability is somewhat restored, the quote-unquote colorblind can better discriminate in that otherwise problematic you know, uh, area of red through green. I see. Now, colorblindness is usually thought of as a disability, but there is one case where people have found it to be a benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, people who are colorblind have, do have one advantage. They are sometimes better at seeing through certain types of cam camouflage. Interesting. And final question, um, does colorblindness affect the functionality of, you know, those old 3D glasses that have a blue side and a red side? If you're colorblind, yes. do those glasses just not <laughs> work for you? Those. I see the potential logic there, but the answer is no. The lenses filter the light before it reaches your eye to produce two separate images in each eye. So the lenses will still create two separate images in each eye. Ah, uh, okay, good to clear up that one. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have ideas and suggestions for future episodes. Also, when you just have suggestions and feedback for us as to how we can improve this podcast for all of you. Uh, as always, thank you to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.